Hello, hello, listeners to the Third Way Podcast. Welcome to another edition of 3D Conversations. The way I do this is I pick somebody that either I've had on before or someone in my friend circle that I'd like to do a have a deeper conversation with. And as I go through that, I'll be adding guests that I've never talked to before down the road. But for now, I am blessed with lots of friends that are experts or have deep knowledge in certain areas. The second thing is, is I pick stuff that I'm interested in because I want to learn and uh, I want to I want to explore some things deeper. It's so easy to have sort of like Google search based knowledge. It goes to a, my concern about the um, what is perceived as expertise uh, these days. So today, though, I'm joined by my buddy, David Kassler. David is a former guest on the podcast. Um, David is a, a Marine vet and a expert in breath work, especially related to PTSD and trauma. But we're not going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about masculinity. So hello, David. Hey, it's always good to see you and especially to talk to you. Well, you are one of the most um, conscious men I know. Um, and I have incredible respect for your story. If people go back and I'll link to it in the show notes and listen to your episode that you had with me the last time you were on, you talked at somewhat at length about your your time in the service, your time as a contractor, your the traumatic event that led to the brain injury and how you discovered breath work. And I highly recommend people go listen to that. So, cause it's an amazing part of the story. But so for today though, we're talking about masculinity. And I think a good starting point as we get into the first D of deep dive of 3D conversations is what is your definition of masculinity? That's a really good question. Um, it changes and evolves as my consciousness grows. Yeah. Um, but, you know, is it as I've healed myself and am still still in healing, um, what I think masculinity was, is, and will be is an ever-evolving process of rethinking who I am. So masculinity for me is the the ability to provide, to hold true to my morals and ethos and ethics, to stand up for being the sheepdog when Mm -hmm. I see people being bullied. Like I make a conscious effort to interject myself in a way that I would protect myself. I would protect my kids. I would protect my partner. Why would not I protect another human individual? Um, Masculinity for me is being able to hold my own space and my own discipline versus my desires So when we talk about like toxic masculinity, um, I know as good as a human as I think I am, I was toxic in certain areas, meaning because of my own trauma and my coping mechanisms, I couldn't hold safe space for women. 
every time I was around a woman, my brain either went to I'm attracted or I'm not. And if I'm Mm. attracted, then I want to be with her. I want to seek her attention. I want to manipulate my way of being around her. And when I came to a more healed masculine, it was the understanding that I can do more damage than good and holding my discipline. So now like masculinity to me is righteous discipline Mm. and, and having that discipline of self to know, like I can hurt people or I can help. And I know Mm. the difference. And so Mm. when I'm around people, I'm asking myself, what do I need? What do I want? Mm -hmm. What do they need? What do they want? And I don't superimpose my desires over what they need Mm. Um, because that's not helping. That's not holding safe, masculine space for a woman. And then masculinity for the masculine, the males, is me... And I'll use my sons as a, um, uh, you know, the the example. When my sons say stuff that I would have said as an adolescent immature, I don't go along with it. I correct them very fast. Mm-hmm. And no, that's not what we do. That's not how we call women. That's not how we refer to women. If you have a girlfriend... This is not how you treat her. This is how you treat her with respect and safety. And you, if you do that, you know, you are a better man. And mm-hmm. making those really big distinction, distinctions in the masculinity for them to be leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son is the captain of his soccer team. He's a phenomenal soccer player. He's better than I ever was or ever could be. And one day he was saying, you know, they're not listening to me. And I said, you know what? Because you're too friendly to them. They're not taking you serious. And it's easier to come in as a hard ass and lighten up than it is to lighten, come in, lighten, and then try and be a hard ass. And I, Mm -hmm. that's what I learned as a Marine because I was everybody's friend. I wanted to be a leader, but loved. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you you rarely will be able to put, pull that off if you come in too light. You gotta come in firm, fair, consistent. That doesn't mean being an asshole. Right. That doesn't mean being toxic. Mm-hmm. It just means being dependable. Right. Yeah, that's so close to how I feel. What I love that you said is that's evolved for you. Um, it's evolved for me as well. But I think that's where we're at now, um, where the the definition of masculinity is is up to the the the, the person who identifies as masculine, um, and what that looks like for them could be different than what it looks like for someone else. And I don't think anymore that there's a universal versal standard of masculinity. Now, there are certain things that we get into specific from a gender perspective about, you know, man, ver- man versus woman, but we're really not, I'm not really talking about that today with masculinity, even though you and I are exploring this through 
aspect of being men. Um, and so my definition, my current definition of masculinity with the right to change it as I grow is that um, masculinity is living a peaceful, orderly, and purposeful life. And, and this incorporates all of the various elements of masculinity for me, basically mind, body, and soul. So the mind is peaceful. Um, toxic masculinity or patriarchal aggression, that type of stuff comes from a mind that is not disciplined. Yeah, um, and um, it comes from a mind that's run by the ego. So it's impossible to bring peace, but also be all up in your male ego. Um, and then orderly is the body, is the discipline that you talked about. And it's our to me, it's one of the jobs of mask of the masculine to bring order to situations without imposing their will. That's I love the key. that. That's the key thing that I've learned over the last couple of years. And then purposeful is the soul part. Um, and that you have to be doing things that are beyond that transcend the, uh, you know, hunt, kill and eat, you know, acquire, reproduce, uh, you know, and or you go towards the the domesticated male, you know, the, that doesn't have a purposeful life, and then they wonder why they're miserable. Um, above all of it, circling back to something you said is an element of protection. And I mentioned this in a, another episode, but um, this this horizontal line between um, masculine and feminine energy, we're talking here, and then a or that vertical line of masculine and feminine and a horizontal line between positive and negative energy. So positive masculine, to me, is about protection negative masculine or toxic masculine is about possession yeah um yeah. and for the record positive feminine is about creation and negative uh feminine is about pleasing mm. uh, and so a person whatever their gender orientation or gender identity is can kind of move around there but it's all generally related to consciousness so i love that you said that your definition of consciousness has your your level of consciousness has changed your definition of masculinity. Yeah, and um, the polarity between feminine and masculine, we all have, the male has the feminine and masculine embodiment. The female has the fe masculine and feminine. Um, and understanding when it's out of polarity, when it's, yeah. when a male is, too much in his feminine and not enough in his masculine and what it, that has looked like for me is i'm more into my emotions than my analytical side and that can be very toxic if those emotions are fear-based right so now i'm in my um feminine i'm in my fear based and that is what keeps a man from manifesting his destiny stepping forward and saying you know what this is this is going to require a lot of me and that's mm -hmm. scary that's maybe something i've never done before this is a lot of responsibility but this is an invitation 
for me to up level my consciousness and my masculinity. And if I do this, even if I fail, that is my failure. Like I took it upon myself. I take the responsibility. But if I do this, what could be? Like, mm -hmm. if I take that challenge, what is on the other side of that challenge? And that is a greater sense of me. That is a greater me. And then everybody around me gets to benefit because I stepped up and took that challenge to be a better, more healed, more vulnerable, more bold man. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Masculinity is a, you know, a framework. It's a almost like an, yeah, it's a framework um, that can kind of become a system of being in the world. So there's some um, axiology to it in some ways. Um, but well, another framework that's been useful to me that I'd like to get your take on is I believe that the, uh, in, in this framework, the masculine is the mind and the feminine is the heart. And I've arrived at the conclusion recently that the most dangerous man is the man connected to his heart mm. because then he's got this symmetry and you've seen this in even history where the king serves the queen where the, the, you know, the masculine is serving the feminine and the feminine is leading. And it goes to this idea then that we need a peaceful mind so that the heart can lead. Um, and you're still a warrior. There's still asses to kick and shit to get done, but it's done at the cadence and the drumbeat of the, of the feminine heart. So I have come to even refer to my heart as the gender, the pronoun of she or her yeah, I love to that. remind me of that. And I'm curious about your take on that idea, but also the and the masculine relationship with the heart, what that looks like for you. Well, when you first said that, I there was so much dissonance in my mind. And I'm like, where the hell is he going with this? Because <laughs> uh, I'm not tracking. But as you explained it, I was like, no, I can see that. Mm -hmm. Um I can see a man too much in his heart is not using what he is authentically or by his DNA, by his being mm. a thinking individual. A man has to be in his heart, but he can't be ruled by it mm -hmm. uh, because that's not his job. And this is getting into like, some people will not agree with me on this and I reserve the right to be wrong. And this is my opinion. So you don't have to agree. Um, but using a relationship that I'm in right now, um, somebody that I care for a lot, deeply, passionately, rationally, that has scared the shit out of me because it said, if I take this next step, I will have to evolve as a man. And that's scary. I will have to provide a level of security that I've never done before in my life for a, a, a woman. Mm -hmm. And when we have had like pushbacks, in my humble opinion, it's been because she is in her thinking mind. Well, I don't think this will work out that way. I'm thinking about this. 
And what I said to her, and I what I've reaffirmed is with love, respect, and gentleness, you're thinking too much. I just need you as the feminine to feel. If it feels right, then it is right. Trust yourself. Mm -hmm. If it feels wrong, then it's wrong. And mm -hmm. I trust you. Mm -hmm. But you're doing overthinking. And I know that's like, like a bad word sometimes, overthinking. But you're thinking too much and not feeling into this. When we are together and when we hold each other, how do you feel? Mm -hmm. I feel safe. Great. You feel loved. Great. You feel nurtured. Great. So leave the thinking up to me. I will figure it out, the logistics, the operations. I will see and try and my best to figure out the loopholes and the bottlenecks. And trust me, I need you to really understand that that scares me. I'm mm -hmm. being like right now, just thinking about it. It's fucking bringing up a lot of vulnerability because there's so much trauma behind that. And right. how fucking scary is it for a man to be like, I'm going to step into a larger responsibility that I'm probably ever taken. Like I've been married twice. I've had six kids, but we're talking, I'm talking about such a conscious relationship that mm -hmm. I forgo and relearn all my default programming and when you say something to me that's triggering to me, I take a step back and I think about it before I react. Mm. So coming for a circle, a man that is too much in that heart centered is going to lose all track of his purpose, his rationality, his leadership because he's either too afraid or trying to please everybody. And there mm -hmm. is a discipline that has to be there that comes with the, that intellect, uh, the rationale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have thoughts about that, but I'll save it for the third D in a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, I, um, well, first of all, thank you for being vulnerable, vulnerable about that. I think that there's a whole other topic almost related to how the masculine shows up in relationship. And I would, I would put it this way. I don't think the masculine is wired to trust. I don't think so. I think that the masculine is wired to view everything as threat, no threat, maybe. Mm. But can't live with joy like that. Um, because then you get, you, there's a, a level of domestication that comes from thinking that way, that you're okay if there's no threat, but within a relationship, the hardest thing I've ever did. And I didn't even know I had this issue until, until I met Virginia three years ago is the ability to trust. And a lot of it is, yeah, there's an element of trusting her with my heart but there's also the trusting her with her heart and that, that impulse to step in and go, Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to use rational thought to fix that feeling 
And I'm going to call that love, but really what it is, is I don't like the way that your feeling makes me feel. And I'm going to use my power dynamics to try to convince you to feel differently. So I feel differently. I don't do that shit anymore. Yeah. A, it doesn't work. So, you know, <laughs> uh, there's some pragmatism there. And B, it's condescending. Yeah, really. it feels coaching. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In, a, in that. I would also say, before we move into the debunking, um, just as, again, as frameworks, is the masculine is designed to handle straight lines and the feminine is designed to handle the, the cir circles or spheres. Yeah. So feminine is the community. It's a sphere. Cycles sphere. Um, uh, rhythm is a sphere. Mm. Uh, you could go on, you know, the seasons are a sphere. There's, so that's mother nature, you know, that kind of the moon, There's the moon, right. There's, you know, menstrual cycles, uh, um, the, and you know, all of that, those are all circles. And there's something about the feminine that is just better at that, especially as it relates to like community building community. Um, the masculine is great at straight lines, logistics, as you said, um, getting shit done, problem solving, um, you know, uh, putting together a plan and executing it. Um, the, the, the beautiful symmetry of that, though, is within ourselves and then within relationships and then within society. We need both. You know, yeah. you can't you can't be problem solving executor all the time or you end up, you know, as a as a oppressor in the, in the macro. Linear. Yeah, too linear. And you can't sit and be in community all the time or you'll never grow and there's no invention and the community becomes insular and dies. Yeah. Um, you know, so I love that balance. But. So this the debunking, what are you, what is, what are a couple of things or just, we'll go back and forth here. What's one thing about masculinity that is like a theory or an idea or an opinion that, that you hear that you're like, no, 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 that's bullshit. It's not that way. That's hard because the circles that I'm in right now, I hear, you know, just really good pragmatic stuff that I agree with on, um, masculinity uh now putting myself outside that circle i hear um you can't be vulnerable you know vulnerability is weakness and it's something i preach to my boys like often about what i've learned as a man that you have to be vulnerable like vulnerability is really the currency which through authentic relating happens like we've all been in that dinner party or somebody just you know especially a man being bravado and talking too much and talking about what he has and it's all built on trauma coping mechanisms and you know like insecurities and to be vulnerable is confronting the deepest insecurities of yourself. Mm -hmm. And to do that, you have to be with good people, a good partner, um, good friends that allow you to be vulnerable without judgment and explore the deepest or deeper insecurities of yourself. And so then everything becomes a theory instead of hardline rules. Um, 
but yeah, that's that's pretty much what I've heard, like and what I've seen, like what I was and what I've experienced is I can't be vulnerable um, because of judgment. So right. we're all scared little boys, especially men running around. And then the toxic masculinity is just a cover for our fears, our insecurities um, that we haven't yet learned how to deal with mm-hmm. and just express and then it comes out as manipulation violence um everything else that gives men a bad name right Right. yes yeah it's interesting too because an un a low conscious man given power will harm others definitely it's guaranteed they will harm others they will abuse they'll be abusive in some form um, especially if that, if their power dynamic is threatened. Um, yeah, the one, I mean, there's a couple and they're kind of related, one, but one is, and I'll set it aside, but I just want to say it is the coming out of fundamentalism and within the kind of fundamentalist evangel- white evangelical lens, um, that the man is the head of the household and the woman is to be obedient to him. And they, 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 they don't understand that the Bible was rewritten in order to be basically be a guidebook for patriarchy and white supremacy. It was rewritten, reordered to that end. Yeah. And so this idea that, that that's a twisted view of order or protection, that the woman has to be obedient to the man. Um, and I think that's bullshit. And I think that lens or paradigm has caused you know, significant harm in the world over the last 1600 years since that doctrine was put into place. But there's another version of that that's more modern and more secular. And that's the concept of an alpha male. And this alpha male came from the, you know, the idea that within a pack of animals, pack of wolves in particular, there's an alpha. Well, that has been debunked. That was a, even the person that came up with the alpha has said, nah, I misread the data. There's no alpha. In fact, the, sometimes the, the it's a rotating leader, yes, but there's no nobody with a genetic disposition for leadership within a pack. And so there's this sense with the alpha male, um, that this concept of an alpha male as a justification for horrible behavior. You know, the mm-hmm. boys will be boys. And yeah. you hear this, you hear this with especially people that are in positions of men that are in positions of power that do horrible shit. And then their their followers uh, or their believers or whatever, be they a a, a politician or a pre, a pre a priest a preacher or a business leader, their followers say, well, that's ju- that's because they're an alpha, and this that there's this some sort of built-in excuse for being a horrible, horrible, abusive human being. Yeah, and I th- I find that even as I say that, I find myself even it makes me angry. And nauseous at the same time because I think this the and, and you could go into maybe like and again I I only know this through Virginia but the concept of machista culture which is very is very common in yes. Latin America um, which is basically pa- patriarchy without the white supremacy <laughs> yeah yeah uh, and and that that idea that um, that you can behave unethically, immorally, um, uh, uh, aggressively, 
and it's okay because that's the way God made you. Mm. I, I think that's horrible. It's a horrible well, place to be. Yeah. And that's like social, that's religious constructs, that um, cultural con constructs that people grow up with. Um, and some of it serves um, those cultural dynamics. And it, when it's healthy, it serves, you know, the man, the man in the relationship's job or the masculine, I should say, um, his to protect primarily protect mm -hmm. and right. cherish the woman. Her job is to make him feel loved and admired and valued. And mm -hmm. That doesn't mean she doesn't provide protection and, you know, comfort and um, uh, stability. That doesn't mean he doesn't provide love. And it's just really understanding how we show love differently, mm -hmm. men and women, how we communicate love differently. And so mm -hmm. within that framework, each couple should, you know, eventually disregard everything that be, they've been told mm -hmm. they've learned and figure out what works best for them under mm -hmm. their own framework. So right. I had my buddy, Bert and Betty, um, Bert Spanish guy, Betty Spanish. And when me and like my first, uh, wife would go over, you know, he would sit down, she would take his shoes off, make dinner, serve him dinner and grab him beer. And my ex-wife or ex-ex-wife, you know, like white Southern. And she was like, that is so misogynistic. You're demeaning yourself. Why would you do that? And for me, it's like, well, Bert is a really good husband. Like he really loves his wife. He provides for the family he cherishes her she's not a working mom like she's a stay-at-home mom so she cooks she cleans and when he gets home she's happy to see him she and her way of showing love is maybe let me take your shoes off bring your food and they have a great relationship they laugh and i'm like i'm looking at my ex-ex-wife i'm thinking i don't need you to take my shoes off but it works for them. Like, yeah, 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 you have to, right. It, it works for them. And again, you know, every model is useful and every model is flawed, you know, within that, that miss, you know, if it's misapplied, you can get into, you know, some, some misogyny. If it's not applied at all, you get into kind of this neutered buddy relationship with your partner, you know, where there's, there's, you know, that, that doesn't work either. Um, but what I think is interesting about that is, the that that there's a there's a a need to back to what we said at the beginning about sort of define what what's important for you as it relates to that and i think it's completely okay and maybe even necessary that within ourselves i say this because there's three parts there's there's the masculine and feminine within and then there's the masculine and feminine within a, a a relationship or a family and then the masculine and feminine society yeah is that we need to have th those parts need to affirm each other 
The masculine needs to tell the feminine, you're safe. You're safe. You can be you. Your, your time is your time. Your space is your space. Yes. The protector of autonomy, the protector of sovereignty, inside, relationship, all three levels. The feminine has to affirm the masculine. You're wanted. You're needed. Um, and that <laughs> because I need you because there are things that you can do that I can't do. Um, and you're valued. I and value, value you. That's what I mean. Yeah, I value you. And that's and then you're wanted. And there's some level of you're desired within that too. And that I think that goes both ways. But within this second D of debunking, I'm curious about. So we take we think of like sort of the classic toxic masculine, and that's that um, like um, hard ass bully, you know, maybe um, misogynistic. And there's you know it's an archetype that immediately comes to mind. But there's another type of toxic masculinity in my view that's emerged primarily in millennials and zoomers and that's what i would call the weak man or the fragile man and it's an interesting conundrum because the 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 more um what be considered the toxic male on the sort of more manly side let's call it yeah. is they struggle with their feelings like they you know they're not vulnerable they you know they like when i was a kid the two acceptable emotions for men were humor and anger, you know, that, that those were acceptable. Everything else you just kept to yourself. And let me, um, but now we've, the pendulum has swung to these fragile men that also have a problem with their emotions is that they do not know how to control them. So they think their feelings, uh, they think they are their feelings because there's no consciousness. And it's interesting. If you look back to my matrix, the fragile man is the is the man that is too much in his low conscious feminine is a fragility and a pleasing there and kind of a fawning and a form of passive aggressive manipulation. It's yeah. very subtle, um, very like um, deferential in an unhealthy way. And they can't handle their shit. They, they shatter so quickly. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying they should be the other side and go be a toxic manly man asshole, you know, misogynist. Um, I'm saying that really masculinity is a, very much related to your level of consciousness. So you can be a very manly man in the way, you know, you drink, you got a mustache and a deep voice and you drink bourbon and you drive a truck and you can be, you can be a high conscious masculine man in that kind of archetype. Yeah, would behave very differently than um, than other, you know, men that look like that. And the same thing goes to you may be more of a of a, you know, that sort of artistic and super nice and kind of sensitive and gentle. Um, and if but if you're a high conscious person in that, you're still a protector. You're still a sheepdog. Yes. yes. you're still you're still um, creating order and peace and purpose in the world. You're just doing it different than the guy that drives the truck. Yeah. And we, we talk about, when we talk about like toxic masculinity, we talk about in general and women talk about it more than anything because they're on the receiving end. So they're pointing it out as over masculinated, like controlling blah, blah, blah. And it, it, I definitely agree. But what you hit on was it's also toxic to be on the far yes. left side yes. where you and both of those men 
fear confrontation. Yes. There, there's no difference between their fear in confrontation of being called out of who they are being mm-hmm. and are failing at being. Right. And I want to say this too. They also fear the feminine, both of them. Oh, the, yeah. The, the, the machista, misogynistic, toxic male fears the feminine power because it cannot control it. Hell yes. And the weak um, man fears the feminine because it holds him accountable. Yes. And they, neither neither I'm like that shit. So that's why you see that you give either one of those people, the weak man or the or the or the um, machista man, power. They are it's 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 a terrible societal mistake to give people like that power. Yeah. Because they will use it to create a wall or buffer or a system of dominance in some form or the other, or they become completely dom- domicile in the process. Yeah, and the weak man is like the archetype of the weak man is that child that feels insignificant, feels powerless. So he starts working out, he starts fighting, he starts brawling, and then he becomes the overmasculated man. And he's looking back at the men who have just not gone that route and just stayed weak as, oh, they're yeah. beta men. It's like, wait a minute, you are a fucking beta. Yeah. And all you did was change the outside to reflect the toxicity on the inside. The same thing, both of you are just in fear. And I was that, like, yeah. so I know it, like I can speak to it. I know yeah. my fears and yeah. I know what made me toxic on some level. Um, it was just fear and as i've gotten wiser and more hurt and have had to heal and reflect and look at myself and not blame anybody else uh and take 100 percent accountability for my own actions what i've gotten to was levels of vulnerability that make me ask why am i doing this why am i posting this today Is it what I think or what I feel? And the more I do that, is it what I think and what I feel or what I feel, I can get more to center of being the authentic me that I want to be, that maybe I don't even know is there, but it's not going to be uncovered unless I go deep within myself and then have the community, the relationships to trigger me and mirror me of good people that I can be so fucking vulnerable and Mm -hmm. so honest with myself that I'm constantly asking the question, is it what I feel or what I believe? Yeah. And I think it goes back to what I said about, I think the world's most dangerous men are those connected to their hearts. And I mean, by danger is there a danger to anybody that is an abuser of power, um, you know, that is perpetuating injustice in the world, because that is the kind of man that will come and take you out in one form or the other. Um, And um, I think it's interesting too, and this kind of goes into debunking a little bit, but 
we have to, to be a fully formed man, fully in our masculine, we have to feel our feelings unconditionally. We have to acknowledge. And I think the one that men struggle with the most is frustration. Um, that's yeah. a common thing. I feel a lot. And it's because I, I, my, I, 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 I didn't, it's not just that my expectations weren't met is that I felt like I didn't have the power to force my expectations to be met. Neither one of those are good responses, but the difference is again, back to this kind of spectrum is you want to feel everything unconditionally. You want to feel your feelings, but you do not want to become your feelings Yeah, uh, because they are fickle and it's yeah, true yeah. that you feel that way, but they're very fickle and they could change you could ha eat food, eat dinner, have sex, take a shower, take a nap, and you feel very differently. Yes. Uh, and so, you know, that's that's another thing too. Is like it's not like don't feel anything, but it's also like don't over identify with your feelings in the process. So, no, you're right. right. Last thing is any debate, anything that I said that you want to circle back on and wrestle with. And then I'll do, I'll, I'll respond the same. No, I, I'm, I'm tracking left, right, up and down on everything All you right. said. Like, that, that's, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to have controversy when. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, it's funny though, is because I came up with this idea and I, yeah, I mean, Juan and I, in an episode that's coming out, my buddy Juan and I, we have a little mini debate about disc versus Enneagram, but when we're talking about matters of the soul, you know, it's it's more like nuance. And that's kind of what I want to have here. It's not really a debate or disagreement. It's more like I want to hear the nuance of what you're saying is that you use the phrase too much in the heart, a man that's too much in the heart. And my my question that came up for me when I heard you say that is, is that possible to be too much in your heart? It's I think it's possibly to be too much in the low conscious feminine. Mm. But the heart by its nature is wisdom. It's Sophia, you know, in Greek. It, it, it exists without too much. It, there's an isness to the heart, in my, in my view. So is it possible? I can definitely say it's too much in the mind. I get that. Yeah. But it's not like saying you're too much in your body. No, the body's the truth. You, the story you tell about what's happening may not be the truth, but your body's telling the truth. What? So maybe get. I want to give you some airtime to like, Share a little bit more of what you meant about too much in the heart. I retract that humbly. <laughs> <laughs> As you just dropped the wisdom bomb on me, I am humble enough to say, <laughs> no, I like exactly what you said. I don't think you can be too much in heart. Um, I've struggled with, you know, relationships where somebody said, um, you're too much. Yes. And I, you know, I love that quote. Um, I, well, what I came to was I would rather be too much for somebody than, in, than not enough for me. Right. So as a very conscious man who's still evolving, I know the difference between when am I, like everything is polarity. Everything boils down to polarity. Right. I know if I'm love bombing, is it coming from fear or love? Yeah. If it's coming from fear that I fear like losing you, 
and I'm love bombing you and I don't even know it because this is a response trauma response but I if I'm love bombing you I know I'm love bombing you out of love and trust me there's infinite bandwidth that I pull from source energy so mm-hmm. this is not going to stop it's not going right. to fucking in three months or six months or one year fizzle out I will from love just channel that and keep love bombing you and that's gonna fuck you up that's gonna make you think like whoa i've never been loved like this before on these many levels this is triggering it must be fake it must not be real i'm gonna reject it or i'm gonna accept it yeah and i think i think there's a wind i mean and i learned this like early on, Virginia, and I talked about, we were both told by other people, we are too much too too in work too hard, too intellectual, too, too emotional, whatever. And we're like, well, let's not sit, tell each other we're too much, but there is a too much. I'll speak only for myself here. Um, that, that, that if you're below the energy line in the masculine, and the feminine, there is a window of tolerance of too much. It's quite possible to be too much of the low conscious masculine. Um, that's what uh, narcissism is at its at the highest level. It's too much. Um, and that's where love bombing and all that comes in. And even like where f- flirtation becomes persuasion, where cleverness and create creative thinking becomes manipulation, that's yeah. all too much. And then the feminine can be too much too, in the sense of like you said, is thinking too much um, over or, or too much in the people pleasing um, and and deferring and deference and losing the nuance between adaptability and being adaptive. Uh, you know, um, adaptive is changing your, your changing your wants and needs to match what you think someone else wants from you. Yeah, which is a feminine, a more of a low conscious feminine trait, and that's the too much. You get above the energy line, there's no such thing as too much conscious masculine or too much conscious feminine. It just grows and grows and grows because it's infinite. It's it's like saying there's too much soul. You know, it's, it's just not possible. Yeah, um, and I, I like what you said um, about there is a fine line. So what I've learned recently is I am not too much, but I can <laughs> be too much. That's right. And finding that, you know, synchronization with another person is the utmost love and respect for them and their bandwidth. And there's no right or wrong. There's no less or more. It's like, no, do I respect you and really care for you enough to step back and value your bandwidth and what you're going through right now? And relearn or learn a different way to show you love and attention and respect that maybe I'm not used to and whoa you know like the five love languages I've said man like that's a good template but you we all should try and master all five so we are so like versatile in any relationship that we know how to love and receive on so many different levels 
that just makes you a more rounded person. Yes, definitely. And I think within that, that um, kind of realm of, of, of too, of, you know, too much realm is that there's a, it comes back to intention. Um, and I love the Maya Angelou quote, love liberates. And it's a very useful thing. The masculine and the feminine both love at the high conscious level. They love, but love liberates. Fear controls. So when you get below the energy line into the masculine, that's all about that fear is about control. It's just more about aggressive control. Yeah. But the the low conscious feminine using people pleasing or passive aggressive or manipulation tactics, that is also a form of control. And I have to check myself. And I had this happen the other day. And I won't get into the whole story because of time, but where you know we're getting ready with a we're getting ready to be married. By the time this airs, we'll be probably a week away from being married. And you know, wedding prep is hard. Um, in some some cases, there's just a lot to do. It's it's complicated. And so there's a lot yeah. of emotions associated with it. And what I was able to understand when I looked at my intention is am I liberating in this, when Virginia was feeling something, am I liberating her to feel that feeling without me meddling in it? Yeah. And I made a conscious choice to just let it go, even though I could feel the trauma response welling up in me around, oh no, what does this mean for me? What does this feeling mean for me? What's going to happen? And it was maybe the first time in my life in the moment where some of the, my deepest fears related to rejection, um, I was able to gently intervene so that she, she, and I did that through breath to start with. Um, and then I was able to then hold that space. And she later said that, like she could, she felt safe. Like no one was telling her what to, you know, how, no one was trying to fix her feelings or telling them yeah, how yeah, their exactly. feelings were affecting them. And I was like, man, that was a nice win, <laughs> you know, right. from, from, from a growth standpoint. Um, and if, you know, if you identify as a man and you're listening to this is that's really the whole point here as we wrap this up is how are you growing? If there's stagnation, you will just through the law of entropy slip back into low conscious masculine or feminine. And if you are a identify as a woman and, and you, and you, and you want to have a relationship with a high conscious man, um, you use this episode, you know, if you, if you're seeing somebody and you're not sure, send them this episode and go, what'd you think of that? Or listen to it together and see it, listen to it together, sitting close to him and see how your body responds to his reactions. Yeah. And if he gets defensive in his body, eh, probably time to find somebody else. Um, so I just, I love the idea that we can have this conversation and it has a long tail, you know, good in the world, kind of a spore of an idea that can go out into the world and, and, and inspire people to grow and inspire, uh, women who people identify as women and straight women in particular to find the man that is like that. They are out there. Uh, if, if you don't lower your standards and if like a man listening to this, like if you have a safe woman, a feminine that you can go to, and even the unsafe, ask them what their definition on masculinity is. 
Yeah. Ask them what they think is a good man. Because yeah. when, you know, I've been asked that question, like the first thing I said was I, you know, I went back to Jordan Peterson, like uh, a masculine man is a dangerous man who can en enact great levels of violence, but his disciplined. And when I said that to my partner, like we were all the, over the phone because like, but I, I could hear her jaw drop like, yeah, because that's not what she thought was a masculine man. And what I've been told, you know, and I'm speaking from the eye, from the women that I know, platonic, um, when I've been in relationships, the things that they've told me about myself that I find like, I want to say joy in, but solace in is I feel safe around you. Mm -hmm. I feel like I know your intentions. Yeah. I feel that there is no hidden agenda. Mm -hmm. I feel like you're not manipulating me. Mm -hmm. I feel free to say mm -hmm. what I want and mm -hmm. be who I am. Yeah. And that is the deepest levels of intimacy and relating when somebody can say, I feel this but then yes. having also they can also say i feel you're not being honest i yeah. feel you're obfuscating i feel you're talking too much i feel you're coaching me instead of just telling me how you feel so they're yeah. now mirroring me in a way that i'm like whoa like mm -hmm. that's shit yeah. Now, how do I handle that? Right. And I think, too, in a romantic relationship or a conscious relationship, I did not know that trust was an aphrodisiac. And I did not know that peace, trust was an aphrodisiac for me. Like it's 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 a stimulant almost. And for for her, that peace, I didn't know that peace was a, a, an aphrodisiac to be at peace. And that's why I go back to what I was saying about listening to what your body is saying. Um, and, um, and I think also women tend to, in a, in especially in a, in a, in a society really, you know, designed by men still, maybe not run entirely by men, but designed by men, they talk themselves out of their feelings, um, what they're feeling and men um, talk themselves into feelings. They try to convince themselves that they feel a certain way because of whatever reason. And anyway, we could go on and on here. <laughs> um, well, I'll link to your stuff. This was awesome. I learned a lot. I appreciate your vulnerability. Um, and I, uh, I'm sure we'll see each other on the journey. So thank you yeah. so much. All right, brother. Thank you very much. It's always 